two. There it is. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Thanks again for joining us on the Carrier Experience Podcast. We have an awesome guest lined up for y'all today, so be sure to tune in. The Carrier Experience Podcast is a show for anyone who wants to grow their agency and be a titan of the insurance industry. Learn from a panel of experts who share their agency struggles, their experiences with the nation's best carriers, and share the marketing secrets that successful insurance agents are using today. Now, here's your host, the insurance pro, James C.S. Oh, man, that never gets old, the insurance pro. Uh, we are so excited to be back for another episode of the Carrier Experience Podcast, and today's episode is extra special. We're lucky enough to be joined by the CEO of one of San Diego's brightest and best insurance agencies. Our guest today has been in the industry for over a decade and has taken his agency, along with his partner and team, to a meteoric rise. As well as they've done, they've never lost sight of the down-to-earth, personal touch to insurance. When you work with our guest's team, you're working with real people dedicated to making sure you have the coverage you need. They live by the words, our people, your team. And through their efforts, they've won multiple industry awards and over 500 five-star reviews across their social media platforms. We're so excited to have this guest on the show and have the opportunity to learn from one of San Diego's best. Joining us from Fusco and Oricini Insurance Services in Mission Valley, welcome to the show, Michael Fusco! Where's my applause? Jim, Jim. Sorry, my producer is lagging back there. I gotta get some tips <laughs> from you, man. That, that is quite the intro. <laughs> Oh, thanks. Thanks, Mike. It's such a pleasure to have you on the show. Welcome. Welcome. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Cool. Well, let's just kick things off. Let's kind of learn a little bit about you. Uh, Big question here. How did you get into the industry of insurance? Did you grow up as a kid like, yeah, I'm going to be an insurance agent. This is what I want to do. Or did you kind of fall into it somehow? I fell into it, man. That's kind of what I kind of went along the same path as most insurance people. Which uh, means you start in the, sorry, let me silence my phone. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, sure. Which means you start in the industry. You kind of realize it's, it's a rock solid industry and yeah, for the most part you enjoy it and then you, you never really leave. Yeah, all right. All right. Uh, what was, what is it about the insurance industry that you enjoy? You know, I, I like talking to people. Uh, you know, I, we found our niche in, uh, in commercial insurance. So I get to talk to business owners all around the oh, country. Yeah about their ideas and, and their goals and, and their uh, dreams and also you know, about their successful businesses and just to mm-hmm. kind of be involved with them and part of their team is what is kind of what drives me and, and the rest of our staff here. You really feel like a part of their team when you're their insurance agent, when you're their trusted advisor. Love it. Yeah, no, I love it too. I love it too. It's one of my favorite things about being an insurance agent is that communication with other business owners. You know, they say that uh, you're the top five people that you surround yourself with is more, it's the average of, of what you end up becoming, right? Something along those lines. I totally 100% butchered it. Um, but, you know, I really believe that that's true. And that definitely is an advantage that we get uh, from, from being insurance agents, being involved here uh, with, with, uh, commercial <laughs> with other business owners. Um, so 
aside from being able to help those business owners or being able to learn from them, how do you bring value to them? What are the things that you do that really transcends what other agencies do? You know, we, we try, we definitely try to add value. You know, we bring value in, in added services. I think that's, you know, in our size that we compete with, which is, you know, we're basically the largest accounts we'll write are kind of in the middle market. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we really know our products. We know uh, the industries that we serve. We do a very good job servicing those industries. And we understand that people want more than just an insurance policy. They want to understand risk management. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want to know how to stay in compliance in the, within their industry. Uh, they want to know how to, you know, protect their their staff and their employees. Uh, they want to know how to, you know, grow their business, which is something that I think insurance agencies can really help with, even though it's outside the box. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's just a number of things, you know, and, uh, you know, we try to be really, really on top of our communication, you know, try to have yeah. touch points with our, with our customers every step of the way, not just at the, at the sale, but also during the policy and at the renewal. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we just try to read it. We just try to define ourselves as really inserting ourselves into our customers group into their team so that they don't have to worry about the risk management and the insurance side of their business. You mentioned the multiple touch points when you're talking with your customers, uh, not just at the point of the sale, but also during the policy and uh, at the time of renewal. About how many times a year would you say that you reach out to them? And when you reach out to them, what does that look like? What are these different touch points? There's so many. So we have a mix of different ways. So we have, um, you know, depending on the customer and, and what industry, what state they're in, we have various campaigns, uh, policy driven campaigns. So, you know, we'll reach out to people regarding their trends in terms of uh, business activity, mm-hmm. you know, payrolls, gross sales, all that good stuff. We also have risk management touch points. So we send people information on uh, safety protocols, uh, safety meeting information, um, changes in the law, compliance, employee benefits changes, uh, ERISA and POP documents. You know, we'll make phone calls. I would say on average, we probably touch each client 15 to 20 times during their policy year. Um, wow. And we and we look at inbound. We look at inbound requests as an opportunity to speak to our clients too. Mm-hmm. You know, every time that client calls your phone or sends an email, that's a touch point. So it doesn't actually have to be driven on our end. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be driven from them, but it's an opportunity to educate them. It's an opportunity to speak to them and kind of gauge where they're at and, and what, what their business is doing. 15 to 20 touch points every year. That's quite a bit. Uh, that's really, uh, that that's awesome. One of the things that, that we teach in our agency is to always look for ways to be proactive in our support. And that really sounds like uh, what you guys are doing in your agency as well. It's really, really impressive. Um, when you say that you are touching, you're, you're reaching out to them around specific laws like ERISA, you mentioned, I know that we had the AB5 that came out, mm-hmm. you know, not too long ago. Um, your focus is on specific industries. Is that what, I, am I getting you right? You have specific niches yeah, and we, industries we, that you're really good at? We do. I mean, it's kind of grown over the years. We really started in construction. Uh, that was how this okay. agency was built. You know, we've, from that, from there, we've diversified over the years, but mm-hmm. you know, construction was our was our foundation. Nice. Um, you know, manufacturing is is a niche that we focus in. Technology, 
you know, main street business office professionals and healthcare professionals. Um, how many, how many members of, uh, are on your team now? So we have, we're, we will be, we're at 19 going on 20. 19 going so, on 20. That's awesome. Yeah. This, this month will be number 20 is going to be coming in. It's fantastic. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, it's, a, that's a, it's good, man. Yeah, it's definitely a decent sized team, um, you know, and what's even better about it is when you have 19 or 20 that are consistently producing, it's one thing to say, you know, you got a bunch of agents on your on your roster because we have, you know, a good number ourselves. But when you have 19 or 20 that are consistently producing, that's that's where it really counts. Right. Um, yeah. And not everyone's in production. Mm -hmm. You know, we have we have six producers and with them, we have five account managers. So that's our production team. You know, rest, that was. That was a, a thing that I, I actually learned like last year. You say six producers and five account managers. That's it's it's um, awesome to me that you have that much support. It's almost like you have one account manager dedicated to every single agent almost. Correct. What other supports do you have? Who are, who are the other eight people that are that are involved? So we have uh, live reception every day. We have an accountant, full-time accountant in the office. Nice. We have a full-time claims and audits coordinator. So okay. anytime a customer has a claim or audit issue or needs help with their claim or their audit process, we have somebody here dedicated to do that for them. Uh, and then we have our CSRs. Very cool. And the CSRs, is that the outreach and the touch points and all of that stuff? So the CSRs are basically handling day-to-day, -day, you know, daily activities. So they're they're doing policy changes. They're dealing with additional insurance, uh, insurance mm -hmm. requirements, you know, they're helping people with cancellations, um, you know, things of that nature, making changes to their auto policies, you know, whatever the day-to-day -day daily type of service tasks that an insurance agency deals with, you know, that's basically what our CSRs are doing. Nice. Nate says, congratulations with your 19 going on 20, uh, team members. That is definitely mm -hmm. awesome. You know, it's a growing business. You gotta love it. You gotta love it. So construction was where you started. Uh, you expanded out to manufacturing and technology, and you've got some main street business. Um, in the construction space, what were the things that really got you going? What are the the big points where where you stood out? You know, I mean, it's one thing. You know, you you walk into a, a construction area you maybe talk to a foreman or somebody along those lines and you're like yeah i can save you money here you go but there's more to it for you to really get the business rolling right what what were the, some of the things that you guys did early on to really pick up the business there you know it's we actually over the years we've we've really tried hard to stay away from talking about price all the time uh i, 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 I don't even think i don't even think price is, is how we grew the book. You know, I, obviously price is important. You know, we always, we want to make sure our clients are not overpaying. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, it's, we look at it more of the cost of their of risk rather than the premium on their policy. But, you know, we we really focused on the coverage forms. Um, we stayed away from from writing inadequate coverage forms. You know, we really we really try to educate our clients on, on, on exclusions, uh, limitations of certain policies. Um, you know, we, we really try to help them understand how to maintain their work comp policies, you know, how to stay out of audit trouble, um, how self-reporting could really help them scale, you know, and, you know, we try to explain to them how the structure of these policies works, 
how to job cost with their policies, uh, how to make sure that they're not being, you know, they're not underpricing their bids because and making sure they're including the cost of their coverage and in, in all their their projects. Just things like that. I mean, we really did try to stay again. Price obviously is always on people's minds, you know, because when you own mm -hmm. a business, you have to make sure that you you can you can run the business effectively uh, and you have enough money to do so. And construction is a big cash flow industry. So these guys have to have, you know, they have to have the cash flow to do the jobs. But price only goes so far, you know. It's, For sure. The coverage itself is more important. And the way 100%. that we can service the policies is is mutually as important to make sure they're getting on jobs in a timely fashion, you know, to understand, you know, when they do need specialized endorsements, that we understand what they are and how to get them. Things of that nature. Yeah, no, that's, that's amazing. Uh, when it comes to selling on price uh our sales coach says if you sell on price you die on price and when you're selling yep. on coverages you're really really taking that education to the next level with uh with those customers and, and providing them that real value um, sure is do you find that the insurance agents that they were working with before maybe weren't providing them with that education and you really came in on value with that absolutely 100 yeah. percent. i mean well more than 100%. You know, <laughs> it, it's amazing how many general, how many contractors don't know what a subsidence exclusion is, you know, or they don't know what a third party action over coverage is, or, you know, they don't know what prior work exclusion is. They don't even know what an occurrence form is. They don't know how it, uh, how it protects them or how it doesn't. So, yeah, I mean, almost, you know, our we want to engage. Um, I'm sorry uh, to interrupt here, uh, but our audience is insurance agents would you mind uh giving us a little bit of of education here uh the subsidence exclusion i i know that one uh yeah it's earth movement exclusion right, right uh well, right. the other one was the prior work exclusion uh occurrence right. forms and and claims made i know you know we have the differences there there was one other one that you mentioned that i didn't quite catch but action um, over Action over. Yes, that's the one. Can you give us an explanation on what that is? Action over is going to be, so an action over exclusion is, it, basically it excludes coverage on the general liability form for an action that comes against the general, okay. Let me explain it to you in, in real terms. So sure. you have a general contractor on a job, okay? Mm -hmm. That general contractor is your client. They bring on subcontractors to work on a project. That subcontractor has employees. That employee gets injured on the on the property. Your general contractor gets sued, okay? Even though the work comp policy that the subcontractor carries covers the injury to their employee, that employee's family or that particular employee, because they got hurt on the general contractor's project, they come and sue the general contractor for injury after the fact. Wow. If you have an action over exclusion on a general liability policy, the general liability policy is going to exclude coverage for your general. They're not going to protect them or defend them in that third party action over claim. That is so key and so clutch. And I've been in, in the insurance industry for six years, uh, specifically on the PNC side of things. And I, didn't know. I just learned what the action over exclusion is today. So thank you so much for uh, that valuable education. I know that if I'm learning something, 
other people that are listening here today are going to be learning something as well. So really appreciate that. Oh yeah, man. Look at, uh, do you write a lot of coverage with builders and tradesmen? BTIS? BTIS. Yeah. So you'll notice on the bottom of their, their quote form, there's a checkbox that you can always remove. It says remove the third party action over exclusion. Mm -hmm. You know, we remove it every single time. You know, nice. we don't, we don't ever add a sunset clause or a manifestation provision. So things like that, like we want to sell the broadest policy we can sell. Now the, the market's going to dictate, you know, restrictions and, and expansions of coverage forms, right? Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. as, as carriers broaden their policies, other carriers are going to follow, follow suit. However, right now we're starting to see a little bit of a restriction in coverage forms. You know, carriers aren't allowing as much removal of certain exclusions. In that case, you can only sell what's available, right? You can only really provide your customer as broad a form as, as available in the market. But when given the opportunity, you know, you want to make sure you can take as many of those exclusions off the policy as you can. Heck yeah. Because when a claim comes, your customer is going to be looking at you and saying, hey, man, you know, what, why do I have this action over exclusion on my policy? I'm getting sued by a subcontractor. You know, I, yeah. I need coverage for this. I need to, I need defense. I need, I need my insurance company to to stand up for me, you know, right. All the right. things that we hear as insurance agents all the time. Thanks, Nate. Carry experience, really bringing the best guests, providing free education. <laughs> we appreciate you, Mike. <laughs> oh yeah, man. Is that so, is yeah. Nate on, is Nate on Facebook or what's he, what's he up to, man? Nate is on Facebook. Yes, sir. He's <laughs> watching from Facebook. Uh, <laughs> so so we are, we are, as we said, live mm -hmm. on Facebook and YouTube live and Twitter live and Twitch. So anybody who wants to uh, listen in, make sure you subscribe on that YouTube as well. Um, you know, one of the things that you mentioned is that you are removing all of these exclusions uh, or adding as much coverage, creating the broadest coverage forms that you possibly can. When you present these things to your customers, do their eyes get wide when that premium number is super huge and they're like whoa this is crazy expensive or do you have a way of of offering that proposal so that they're not so so much in sticker shock i don't know that the premium difference is as much as, as you might think is, it is you know mm -hmm. um obviously you're gonna have if, if you have somebody coming from another insurance program that has a lot of restrictions on it, um, you know, and, and um, exclusions that are proprietary to certain programs, mm -hmm. meaning that they're not ISO exclusions. These are exclusions that are added in on a proprietary basis. You know, they're probably have an inexpensive premium and anything you present is going to be more expensive to them, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know that it scares them away as much as you might think. I mean, I think that if you explain the reasons behind it, you know, they might think, and it's all relative, right? I mean, how right. much premium are they paying and how much, what, what's your presentation? You know, we're not talking about tens of thousands of dollars. You know, you know, we, maybe if it's a, a large thousand, if it's a large, it, it, it depends. Yeah. I mean, if it's a larger policy, yeah, maybe you're talking 15, 20%. You know, if it's a small policy, maybe you're talking a hundred percent, right. 150% premium difference. But what does that 150% entail? You know, in my opinion, a policy that has all those exclusions that I talked about before, plus some, it's not even, why even buy the coverage? Honestly. I mean, that's how I look at it. I tell people that all the time. I say, you might as well not even buy insurance. I mean, if well, you're buying have, it for I was the job. Say they have to yeah. have it exactly for the job. Right. 
But they have to have it for the job then. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they're, it's nearsightedness, right? I mean, they're just looking on, to get on their project. But what happens five years down the road when that project has a defect or has some sort of issue mm-hmm. and now they get sued? Now they're relying on that insurance policy that at the time, all they cared about was getting on the job. But all they care about today is a lot different than what all they cared about then. So you have to educate them on these things. And in my opinion, we'd rather not even sell a policy because they're going to be calling the agent who wrote the policy for them mm-hmm. when that lawsuit comes on, you know, lands on their desk. You know, I've been saying it, Miguel. I haven't seen it. I love uh-huh. that. I love that so much because I, I 100% agree with that. There, there are times when it's more beneficial to us as agents to just turn the business away because in yes. the long run, if we don't, yes. that'll turn around and bite us. It'll bite 100%, us good. man. 100%. And hey, listen, I've, I've been doing, I've been writing construction insurance for 15 years. So, you know, I got my base in construction insurance. I learned in the construction insurance agency. And you learn, you see these things the hard way. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I've seen it firsthand. So I understand the perils of your customers telling you, you know, what they want up front, but not what they need in the long run. Yeah. And it, it definitely comes around and bites you. And uh, when I was uh, in the Navy years and years and years ago, I worked on the flight deck. And on the flight deck, it's considered among the most dangerous jobs in the world, sure. right? The flight deck of, a, of an aircraft carrier. Sure. And one of the things that we always said, I mean, we had this manual, right? This manual is like this thick. It's huge, right? This big, thick manual of all the rules and regulations and things we need to know when we're operating on that flight deck. And what one of the things that we always said is every single one of those rules that's in that manual, every single one was written in blood because somebody got hurt, somebody was killed as we were figuring out what the rules are. And that's, you know, a lot of, of the experience that we get as insurance agents I mean, we're not bleeding, right? We're not dying, uh, but financially, we could be really badly injured if somebody was to turn around and sue us as insurance agents because we did not offer them the ability to remove the uh, action over exclusion or any of these other um, endorsements or exclusions that are on the policy. If we don't even give them that offer, you don't even give them the chance to decline that coverage. Exactly. Then it falls on us. It's our responsibility. <laughs> That's it. That's it, man. So um, <laughs> I would ask you then, um, since we're we're on the subject here, before we finish out the last few minutes really quick. What are your biggest agency struggles today? What are the things that are in the market right now? I mean, we've got wildfires out east. We've got COVID-19. We've got uh, the Me Too movement. I mean, that was a while ago, you know, but but it's definitely still, you know, there's a lot of things politically and, and uh, you know, risks that are hitting us from all kinds of new angles. What are the sure. things that are that you guys are seeing and struggling with the most, and how, what are you doing to resolve that? Uh, I'll be honest with you, man. None of those things that you named, I look at as a struggle for us. <laughs> I love that. 
And the reason why is because we can't control any of those things, right? You can't control mm-hmm. if a wildfire happens. You can't control if there's a riot uh, in a neighborhood of a customer that you, 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 you write a policy for. You know, all we could do is step up to the plate in those situations. What we can control is how we manage our agency on a day-to-day basis, uh, how we position our, position our agency for growth, uh, how we compete in a very competitive marketplace that is unfortunately uh, moving away from people mm-hmm. and moving more and more into technology. I look at that as our struggles. Um, I look at you know ways that we can remain competitive in the eyes of the consumer. Um, looking for ways that we can position ourselves against insure techs, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. looking for ways that we can make the customer experience an A plus experience, just like the likes of Lemonade and, uh, you know, uh, some other new insure tech startups are doing, you know, that that's what I look at as a struggle. Um, I, I, I don't look at uh, politics as a struggle for us. We don't get involved in it. Mm-hmm. Um you know, obviously the wildfires are, are brutal because it's harder to write business in California and we have a yep. lot of customers that have suffered, For sure. you know, losses, but we got to do our job and step up in those cases. What we, where we struggle is keeping up with the market. Now, as an independent agency owner, and I don't know how many, what our audience is right now. I don't know if they're more independent. I don't know if they're captive. Independent um, mostly, I think. Good. As an independent owner, we just got to be better, man. We just got to be better. That? We, we got to have processes in place uh, to improve the customer experience. We need to make sure our customers know what our value is. Okay. I think a lot of people don't know what they're buying. Um, I think that what I spoke about earlier in terms of policy forms, educating customers on exclusions and limitations, educating people on warranty endorsements and deductible provisions, educating people on policy types that you can't buy online, EPLI, DNO, cyber mm-hmm. liability. Mm-hmm. That's where we come in. That's where we need to be better. You know, that's where we need to, that's where we need to compete. You know, you know, you, someone can go on the, online right now and buy a policy from Hiscox or buy a policy from, from, uh, you know, by Burke. Mm-hmm. They don't know what's in the policy. All they're looking at is how easy is it to get from step A to step B or step A to step C or step A to step Z, whatever, however many steps there are in the process. And SureTechs make it really, really convenient and easy yeah, to buy a policy. Thimble's another what, one. What are you buying? Thimble's another one. What are you buying? You know, what are you buying? And these, you know, I have a lot of respect for the InsureTechs. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a place. They have a place just like, just like the captives have a place, just like direct writers have a place. But the independent agency has a place, but we need to we need to fi- find our place, and we need the customers to realize what our place is. And our place is people, our place is education, our place is advisors, our place is having customers that trust us, so that we're not just selling everything else that they can go buy on ABC.com. Like if they want to buy something on ABC.com, they have every right to do that. But if they right. want us, if they want to work with a person that understands the protection piece that understands the growth piece that understands the, the insurance piece. That's where we, that's where we struggle, but we only struggle to a certain degree because we can control that, right? We yep. can't control riots. We can't control wildfires. We can control how good our processes are, how much our customers value us 
And that's what we have to do on a day-to-day basis. 60% of the time, it works every time. 100%. Man, I could not have said that any better myself. And, you know, it's it's very similar messaging that I'm trying to, uh, that I'm always getting, getting across to my agents as well. We are right. trusted advisors. Uh, our job is not to be order takers. Our job is not to just sell the cheapest policy that's on the market. It's really to get to know our customers, understand what their risk profiles are, understand what exclusions and policy forms are going to be most important for them, and make sure that those coverages are included in our offers give them the opportunity to decline it rather than don't include it at all just make those uh policies as broad as we possibly can and sell on value not on price mike thank you so much man for joining us here today i really appreciate you Uh, i know you're super busy and uh and you know, really appreciate you taking the time to be here with us today. Uh, for our listening audience, if you wouldn't mind, we've been popping it up here on the screen. Uh, but tell them where they can reach you, where they can get in touch with you if they want to work with you. Yeah, you can uh, you can call me directly. My direct phone number is 858-384-1507. If there's any independent agents out there that need some advice or, you know, are having some struggles in the growth of their agency, call me. Uh James is showing my website here, www.foagency.com. But I'm always around, man. I mean, I I love the independent agency channel. I, I, I believe in it wholeheartedly. I think that it's the best channel, the best distribution method with the best people in it. So I'm always willing to help others in our industry. I don't look at it as anyone as competition. I think we need to be one big channel to compete against the rest. I love it. I love that. And that's exactly the value that we're trying to bring here on this podcast. So thank you again so much for joining us. Everybody who's at home listening, as I always say, every single one of you, I appreciate you. You all rock my socks. You have my heart. And as always, have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to the Carrier Experience Podcast. James is a CEO of the Pipeline Team of San Diego and is always in the market for top talent. If you are an agent looking for a place to hang your license, visit PipelineInsurance.com backslash agent opportunities or send an email to newagent at PipelineInsurance.com. You can find James on all social media at Insurance Broham.